University of Warwick Associate Professor of Psychology, Kimberly Wade, discusses the idea of false memories and why they can seem so real to us. False memories is a term that psychologists use um, typically to describe any distorted recollection of an entire event or even just a small aspect of an event. And um, everybody has false memories. Most of the time we don't even know we're having them because they're inconsequential. They go by and they don't really matter. And the the fabulous thing about false memories is that uh, they can serve to make us feel much better about ourselves and to make us feel better about the things we do as well. Psychologists have amassed a huge amount of research showing that just by thinking about or imagining a counterfactual event, something that never ever happened, can cause someone to believe that they experienced something that never really occurred, just by imagining it. And that happens because memory doesn't work like a videotape. It's not a video we can go back and put on and replay sections of whenever we feel like it. In fact, memories are created at the time we recollect them. And so when something comes to mind and it feels like a memory, it doesn't come with a little tag saying this is a memory of X that we experienced during Y. In fact, what we have to do is make a decision about where that information has come from. Is it something we've imagined? Is it something we're remembering? Is it something we simply thought about? And most of the time this decision process works really well and and we are accurate when we remember bits of information, but sometimes it goes wrong, um, like any sort of decision process. And the reason it works most of the time is that In general, real memories feel different to events that we've just imagined or created somehow internally. Real memories come to mind very quickly, they come to mind effortlessly, they feel very detailed, they're full of emotion, Uh, they're, they're very rich in terms of their content, whereas things that are imagined tend to take more time to come come to mind they're not as detailed they're not as rich with all these perceptual details with sound smell etc and so we can automatically distinguish between what's imagined and what's real but sometimes something that we've imagined many many times or thought about over and over can really start to feel like a real memory and mimic the kind of qualities that a real memory might have. So the research that you've done on false memory, what was the the idea behind it? So some of the research I did with my colleagues in New Zealand and Canada uh, looked at how fabricated evidence can lead people to misremember an entire childhood event that never occurred. And the reason we got interested in this, this question is because we now live in a time where Um, we have really quite advanced digital technology. So everyone can take photos on their mobile phone. They can uh, have access to all sorts of fancy recording equipment, video cameras, etc. And lots of people these days will buy computers that are bundled with uh, image-enhancing software like Photoshop and Paint and all the other sort of digital enhancement software that you can get these days and so people are very good now at doctoring photos doctoring videos even and um, creating scenes of events that never actually occurred so we wanted to find out whether uh, it's actually possible for a doctored photograph to lead someone to think they did something that never happened 
So what we did um, in, in one particular experiment was find out whether we could lead people to think that as a child they took a hot air balloon ride that they never in fact took. And we picked this event because it's something that uh, one's parents can fairly confidently confirm never happened. It's a fairly salient event. Um, most people's parents would know whether or not they're... Uh, they went in a hot air balloon as a child. So what we did, we took a group of adults and we got some f childhood photographs from their family, usually from their parents. And we brought each, each of these uh, participants into the lab and we showed them a bunch of photos from their childhood. And we said to them, we want you to tell us everything you can recall about the events in these photos. And all of these photos are real. Um, and they picture things like when they won a, a toy in a contest at school uh, or a family camping trip somewhere around the... Um, well, it was in New Zealand where we conducted this research. So family holidays, things like that. Significant childhood events. Um, what they didn't know is that we also inserted one doctored photograph in these photos that they were reviewing. And that photo always showed the subject participant with another family member taking a hot air balloon ride. And it was a very convincing photo. Um, it, it pictured them in a, in a balloon basket looking over the side with another family member. There were some other people in the basket as well. And the balloon was just suspended maybe 10, 20 metres off the ground. So over three sessions, these subjects came into the lab and worked at remembering the events in the photographs. And we encouraged them to tell us more and more details about these events. And what we found is that lots of them actually recalled details of taking a hot air balloon ride, even though their parents reassured us this never, ever happened. And when we pressed them for details, they often embellished these memories. They told us, uh, for example what they could see when they looked over the side of the hot air balloon basket, how excited they were feeling at the time, uh, who was there in the hot air balloon with them. Many, many very detailed sort of aspects of, the, of this event. And um, to them, these memories felt very real. They were full of emotion. And they held these memories with great confidence, even though these memories were completely false. So why do you think people, instead of looking at the picture and thinking, I, I have no recollection of that at all, why do you think people worked so hard at trying to remember a memory that never happened? Well, of course, one of the things you could argue is that these, these subjects were motivated to perform well in the experiment. They really, really wanted to show, show us that they had very good detailed memories of their childhood. So they had the motivation to recall it. Um, the other thing is that this is a positive experience for most people. You know, if you think you went on a hot air balloon ride, you, you're going to be pretty excited about that. You're going to want to remember that. And so I think the motivation there as well. But as I said, when you get someone to imagine a counterfactual event over and over just the act of imagining it and thinking about it can lead people to become very confident that the details they've imagined are in fact real memories. So I would say that these particular subjects were starting to confuse, some of them were confusing, just simple details they'd imagined as, as being genuine memories. 
So in your project, did you then go on to tell them that these pictures had been doctored afterwards? Yes, of course we're required to, to debrief our subjects fully and very carefully explain to them um, that one of the photographs we've shown them isn't real and that they've developed a false memory if that's what they did. And um, it's actually an interesting process uh, because a lot of the subjects, of course, are very shocked mm. that we could so easily manipulate them, their memory in such a way. They're very surprised. Often they will say things like, wow, I, I can't believe that's a doctored photo. I can't believe that it didn't happen. I, I can see it in my mind. It's so clear to me. How did you do that? This is the sort of response we, we get from subjects. And, of course, we explain to them, like I, I've just explained, how, how memory works and how imagined events can be easily confused for something that really happened. So what are the implications of your research? There are lots of implications of false memory research. And on a research level, uh, the great thing about this sort of research is it can tell us a lot about normal memory functioning and normal cognitive processes. Uh, on a more practical level, of course, false memories can have oh, quirky implications. For example, if you sit around the table, dinner table with family members, and reminisce about some shared experience, you might find that you and your sister remember something happening in quite different ways. And, of course, that might lead to a few family squabbles, but <laughs> nothing nothing too serious. But, of course, false memories can lead to various serious things, such as um, if you have an eyewitness who falsely remembers details of a crime or picks a perpetrator out of a lineup who didn't actually commit a crime, then you might land an innocent person in prison. So it can have very, very real and serious Yeah, I was going to ask about negative implications as well because I do remember there was a lot of media attention a while ago about people having false memories about child abuse. Yes. There, it's something that probably doesn't happen so much now but certainly happened a lot in the 80s and early 90s. We, we saw um, therapists, well-meaning uh, therapists, who were working with victims of abuse and possibly suggesting to them events that never happen, inadvertently suggesting that um, their clients may have been abused as children when in fact they hadn't um, because these clients were showing symptoms that to the therapist very much looked like symptoms of someone who had been abused. And of course through the process of questioning a client about abuse, getting them to think about it time and time again over the period of several months, maybe even several years, um, we think it is possible that someone might come to remember a very traumatic event like that. Um, you may think, well, why would anyone be motivated to remember such a, a hideous traumatic experience? Uh, but when you take someone who's in therapy, who's suffering quite severe psychological illness they want to get to the root of that illness and if they think and it's been suggested to them that childhood abuse may be the cause of why they are feeling so mm -hmm. bad then they are motivated to recall that abuse and they they might be motivated to recall it because they think by recalling that um, it will help them get better so it's, it's it's a difficult a difficult subject, and there are many many different views on whether or not this occurs. But we do have evidence now that people will develop false memories of even traumatic 
fairly horrific childhood experiences. So looking towards the future, what areas of false memory research do you think are yet to be explored? Well, now that we know people's memories are so malleable and that we can implant these entire false memories into people, I think what we're starting to see in the literature now is more a move to to look at what are the consequences of false memories? Can they make people do things they wouldn't normally do? So a good example of that, something I've been looking at in my own lab, is how distorted memories might lead people to confess to crimes that they didn't actually commit. Um, A good example was the case of um, Sean Hodgson, who... Uh, was cleared after DNA evidence revealed that he never actually murdered Teresa Desimon 20, 30 years ago. Uh, he he was an interesting case. I think he, he did have a personality disorder. He liked to lie um, just for notoriety. He wanted to be famous, perhaps. Um, so he confabulated details about this crime, and they were very compelling. They were very detailed um, Uh, accounts of of what he did. The police believed him. Um, What probably occurred is that over time these confabulations became very real in his mind and at times he did believe them and that caused them to confess. But now we know that he didn't actually do the crime and that's what DNA evidence is starting to reveal all over the world, that many, many people have been convicted because they've either falsely confessed or some eyewitness has actually pointed to them and led to a wrongful conviction. So do you think that will be an area for you to explore, looking at false memory and police investigations? It it certainly is something we're looking at. Um, So what false memories can lead us to do. Uh, Another area which I think needs needs more investigation is um, trying to find out how we can distinguish between real and false memories. It's it's a difficult thing because when someone has a false memory, that memory can be held with great confidence, can be full of emotion, it can be very, very vivid. And it's often quite difficult for the... Well, it's impossible sometimes for the person themselves to tell that they're having a false memory. And it's just as difficult for an observer to distinguish between a false memory and a real memory. So perhaps we need to find some new ways in order to distinguish what's real and what's not.